Welcome back to the 10 Blocks Podcast. This is Brian Anderson, the editor of City Journal. Joining me on the show today is Stephen Ide. He's been on the show before. He's a Manhattan Institute senior fellow, a City Journal contributing editor. He researches social policy questions, really emphasizing homelessness, mental illness, issues like that. His work has appeared in any number of outlets in addition to City Journal, including the Wall Street Journal, the New York Daily News, National Review. He's the author of the recent book, Homelessness in America, The History and Tragedy of an Intractable Social Problem. And today we're going to be discussing a question that involves homelessness, uh, as explored in his essay in our new issue called Men's Central Madness, which appears in this summer issue of City Journal and chronicles the movement to close one of Los Angeles County's main jails. So, Steve, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Brian. Uh, so, yeah, for, for listeners who aren't familiar with what's going on in L.A., uh, for more than a decade now, L.A. County officials have been debating the fate of Men's Central Jail, which is this big correctional facility located near downtown L.A. That's that's been notorious for its poor inmate conditions. Right. I mean, uh, how big is the jail? It's it's over 3000 prisoners, right? Yeah. So about a quarter of the total system capacity. And this is a very large system. L.A. County is the largest county in America. Um, and and so uh, it also has 40 um, percent of the county's highest security inmates. So people who are potentially dangerous. So since its initial construction, which was in 1963, you know, the jail has expanded several times over over the years to accommodate uh, a growing inmate population. Yet, um, critics have said it doesn't meet modern standards. That that there's a lot of problems with it. They want to shut it down. So, so let's start with the conditions at Men's Central Jail. What is the big issue there that has some advocates wanting to see the the jail closed? Well, in some sense, it might sense. It might make sense to compare to the closed Rikers debate in New York City. In both cases, you have old facilities that everyone agrees need to be replaced. They were built, they were designed, built essentially in the post-war era. Um, they're, um, they, they're, they're, they're decrepit. They're, they need to be replaced. There's no doubt about that. Um, in the case of closed Rikers, New York City, they essentially want to replace the entire system, however, at a greatly reduced capacity that means a really gross impracticality in terms of where you get to the number of inmates they want to get to versus where they are now. In LA, they don't want to replace the entire jail system. It's just one, take one very large jail, Men's Central, and close it without replacing it. That's the key thing. When this debate about replacing this old facility began um, 10, 15 years ago, um, it was, what are you going to replace it with? Um, then in 2019, um, as a result of the influence of progressive criminal justice reform advocates, they decided, no, 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 we're not going to replace that jail at all. Um, we're going to shut it down. We're going to slash system capacity and somehow, you know, have the slack be taken up by social programs, alternatives to incarceration, et cetera. Um, and it's very, just very hazy about how the, all that would play out. Um, so, so the idea, though, would be to uh, close this jail, but, but the, there's been a subsequent debate over whether the jail should be replaced with a com completely modern uh, facility, and instead now they just want to close it. What, 
what is the assumption uh, about particularly these dangerous criminals that are in uh, men's central and also uh, what you know what is going to be the effect on the mentally ill uh, inmates who are you know often the subject of, of some of these complaints from the advocates uh, what is the idea going forward for for these inmates yeah and that's the case that I really try to focus on in my um, my essay because this argument developed that gave a lot of um, a force to the to the shutdown argument which is that well mentally ill there are too many mentally ill people in jail in LA County um, they're pushing up the inmate census and thus if we slash jail capacity that will force the system to release many mentally ill inmates um, and that will be good because being in jail is bad for the mentally ill you know again there's some parts of this we can all agree with. There are too many mentally ill people in jail in L.A. County. However, the idea that you can just, you know, let them out as well as any number of people um, charged with felonies and it will simply be better than the current baseline standard um, is very speculative. Here, it's, you know, not an unfair comparison to the original argument about deinstitutionalization deinstitutionalization of the mentally ill, where is that there was a sense that, well, conditions in the old mental asylums are so bad, it can't get any worse. Um, and we found out through a lot of tough experience that, in fact, um, things could still be very, very bad, even when people are on the outside. And whether you're talking about on the outside of a jail or on the outside of a decrepit mental asylum, it's still the same, still the same issue. So, so you may wind up with a lot more people uh, unable to cope living on the streets, contributing to homelessness and um, disorder in, in the city. Um, you know, one of the, one of the uh, contentions that the advocates have made is that this is not going to have an effect on a crime and incarceration, um, or I should say crime numbers in the city. Uh, you know, what, what's your view on that? Um, you know, crime has been up in recent years in LA, in some neighborhoods, pretty pretty badly. Yeah, crime has uh, since the uh, vote was taken in 2019 um, to not replace men's central jail. Um, murders certainly in LA City ticked up significantly. I mean, this is the post 2020 era. Um, there's no evidence that crime is just you know permanently under control. It's in a permanently stable flatlining or even declining. Um, case, which means, you know, you're going to need jail capacity. What happens to the people, you know, next year, five, 10 years from now, who are mentally ill or who aren't mentally ill, who will be need to be held in jail? Because it appears to be the case that we are, LA is still going to need to send people to jail. What kind of conditions will they experience? Um, well, it looks like they will continue to experience the very poor conditions that they're in now. Um, you could improve that situation. You could make conditions better for the people who will have to be um, admitted to jail if you invested in the jail system. But that's what the progressive advocates really don't want to do. It's somewhat similar to this concept of, you know, the progressive version of starve the beast, this concept that our boss Raihan um, and Charles Lehman have talked about, where in the same way that some, you know, Republicans have sometimes um, resisted tax increases, um, and that's called Starve the Beast, the fiscal version. Here we have Progressive really resisting the idea of sending more money to public safety agencies, even though there's a clear need. There's a clear need in cases like L.A. to invest in jails, to improve conditions. But ideologically, that just doesn't fit with what progressives are thinking right now. 
let's go back to this idea of, um, you know, closing Men's Central Jail without a replacement and the housing component of this and the services component. So as, as you note in the piece, this would require quality community-based diversion programs, you know, to provide housing, mental health treatment to all of these newly released inmates. Um, the, that diversion housing would have to be paid for. You would have to put it somewhere. Um, and and it would have to be scaled. You would need a lot more of it. And this is a process, I imagine, that would take a long time, right, even if it went according to plan. Yes, and in a community, Los Angeles, which is notorious for its street crisis and also notorious for the difficulty that government has encountered in trying to build um, housing for the homeless, which is a pretty similar exercise to building housing for some sort of alternative to incarceration program. Um, uh, you know, jails are centralized facilities. Everybody's held in one place and under one central government authority. This kind of um, idea of diversion programs, this is, is it going to be highly decentralized, run by some sort of nonprofits, lots of them doing different things? Um, none of this has really been thought through adequately. I mean, the, the it's called the Care First Jails Last movement. This is progressive movement that's really got a kind of hold on de- jail, the jail debate in L.A. They've put out a just a huge number of long reports, which they claim have proven that this is going to work, that the evidence is behind this, social science has verified it. But I read through all of this literature, and it's it's just really vague on some basic details, like where is everybody going to live? Where are you going to put all this housing? Where are the neighborhoods who are going to welcome all this diversionary housing? Um, none of those, I think, pretty obvious questions um, have been answered, um, and yet it's you know kind of full steam ahead. And the county doesn't have a particularly good track record on constructing housing or providing mental health services, correct? Well, yeah, the county or the city, um, I mean, it's, you know, it's an expensive place. It's the same kind of, you know, neighborhood controversies that you find elsewhere. Um, and as far as mental health goes, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's again, it's pretty similar to New York City. LA, there are certainly communities in America where there's just essentially no public mental health care system. You know, there are no clinicians, no psychiatrists. There's just no programs. That is not the case with New York City and LA. These are systems with huge resources compared to other places in America. And yet the question is, well, why don't they do more with what they have? Why, why do they, you know, the progressives would say, well, the reason why the system is underperformed is it just doesn't have the resources. Well, it's had a lot more resources in other communities. And yet, you know, if you visit Skid Row in L.A., um, you're going to see a lot of people with untreated, serious mental illness um, who, for some reason, have fallen through the cracks of the system. And that same system is who would be expected to do even more work it, with this men's central jail closure plan, um, it just seems very, very speculative, speculative to me. Uh, y- your argument is that the city should go back to the plan it originally had, which was to um, close men's central jail, sure, but to replace it with a modern facility. Uh, you know, what, what would that look like ideally? Well, it would be a medically oriented custodial facility, a custodial facility. So it's, it's locked, it's secure, but it's more oriented towards the medical and especially mental health needs of the people who are going to be need to be confined in it. Um, you know, it's th- things like, you know, sight and sound privacy, like places that would afford more kind of private settings to speak with clinicians out of the eyesight and earsight of other um 
inmates. Um, you know, there's so much you can do. I mean, everyone, you know, sort of understands what something like that would look like, especially in terms of how it would be an improvement over the status quo in L.A. County Jail's um, physical stock. Um, and they had a decent plan. You know, they, they had been developed over a number of years. Um, another crucial factor there is that there, there, um, there's a legal dimension to this. Legally, um, L.A. County entered into this consent decree in 2015 with the Department of Justice to, you know, essentially work to improve conditions for mentally ill inmates. Um, it is not in conformity with the requirements of that consent decree. And it's a real, and when that consent decree was signed, the, the understanding was, well, we're going to build a new facility that will help us, you know, line up come into alignment with the consent decree. But now there's no facility, no plan for a new facility. And so it's even more doubtful that they're going to meet the terms of the consent decree to improve terms for mentally ill inmates. And this is, a, you know, in New York City, this is a very live issue. What is the role of courts in overseeing jails? You know, do you want a receiver? In the case of LA County, there's this, actually the view, the, the place of courts, the role of courts um, is viewed a little bit more positively because it's seen as a way to force the case that you really need to invest in jails in order to improve conditions for mentally ill inmates. So where does the, uh, where does the political uh, debate stand? Where does the public come in uh, in this debate and, you know, at this point in time? Well, uh, you know, I mean, the progressives believe that the public supports them. They have won certain kind of initiative successes that they claim prove that the jail, that the public wants this. The public does not want this plan, the jail for care first jails last plan and all its details. You know, the idea that you are really going to have to release thousands of mentally, of, of individuals, um, many of them mentally ill, who are charged with felonies somehow into the community where they'll be stabilized there is not, I think, an idea that most average Angelinos like the sound of. Um, and so that explains a little bit the hesitancy of why they, of the, of the, of the politicians in actually executing it and going forward with it. Um, so we're sort of in a holding pattern where um, the, the full extent of the plan has not been implemented. Um, Men's Central Jail is still currently open. Um, and yet I think there's there's a way in which there's people are still unsure as to whether or not this is something that the public is going to fully embrace in the way that the progressives imply they will. Well, hopefully they will consult your excellent essay, Steve, because it's a it's a, a, a lucid explainer of, of this whole complicated debate and where it stands. Um, don't forget to check out Steve Ide's work on the City Journal website. That's at www.city journal.org. We'll link to his author page in the description. Uh, the essay in question is called Men's Central Madness. It's in our summer issue. You can also find City Journal on Twitter. That's at City Journal and on Instagram at City Journal underscore MI. Uh, as usual, if you like what you've heard on the podcast, please give us a good rating on iTunes. Steve Ide, always great to have you on. Thanks for having me, Brian. Thanks for joining us for the weekly 10 Blocks podcast featuring urban policy and cultural commentary with City Journal editors, contributors, and special guests.